This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. It's important to establish a culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. What is up, Finns fans? Welcome into a special schedule breakdown edition of Fin It to Win It, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online. My name's Riley Bratch, alongside Mason Inglehart. Mason, the schedule is finally official. For months and months, we've known who the Dolphins are going to be playing, where they're playing on the road, who they're playing at home, but we're finally seeing kind of how the puzzle's coming together, seeing the trends, when they're going to be away back-to-backs. There's some weird, quirky things about this schedule that we kind of got to go over. But the first question I want to ask you, which I think is a very important question, have you booked your tickets for a Vegas Christmas yet? I'm actually looking online right now as we speak, Riley, looking at different ticket prices, trying to see what the best uh, flight I should get out to I'm Vegas staying at the Mirage, months. okay? So if you want a good deal, okay. I know a guy at the Mirage. He can hook you up. But can you imagine Christmas at Vegas with the kids? I don't know what they're going to do, but I know that we could have a lot of fun <laughs> leading up to that game. I want to go to that new stadium. I don't know if you've really seen the new stadium I in have. Vegas. It looks awesome. And I think by December it might be done. <laughs> I know that they're freaking out about getting it done for the beginning of the season, but I think we're going to be okay as Dolphins fans heading out there. But that stadium looks like it's going to be epic. And if you can make it out to that game, December 26th, December 27th, I don't think they've determined the time yet of the game. But if you can make it out to Vegas, that'll be a really cool trip for Finns fans. And I bet there's going to be a lot of them too. Yeah, oh, 100%. There's a lot of Finns fans in California. Anytime Miami goes out West Coast, they're very well represented. And actually, Riley, instead of ticket prices, I should really be thinking of ways to convince my wife. That should kind of be the first priority right now with that. See, I uh, I act first and ask questions later. <laughs> Might get me into trouble at times, but hey, man, if they're non-refundable flights, what is she going to do? Tell me I can't go? <laughs> <laughs> That's a veteran move. That's a seasoned veteran move. That's right a there. savvy move. I've been married a little bit longer than you, Mason. I know the ropes here. I know how to handle this. You know, she'll be mad at you for a day max, but after that, you're you're golden, man. Just look forward to uh, look forward to upping your blackjack game. 
you get me excited now. Now, you know, now I, I was a little down about the schedule t 10 minutes ago, but now I'm getting a little excited now just for that. You know, Riley, speaking of Vegas and speaking of gambling, you know, there's not a lot of sports going on right now with currently no NBA, NHL, MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong, Riley. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casinos to poker and blackjack. They're bringing Vegas to you. See, we don't even we don't have to take a, a trip to Vegas right now. We have it right in front of our fingertips. Virtual. So if you're missing, yes, virtual. So if you're missing the NFL, no problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. You know I love those. I mentioned that every episode. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It'll be interesting to see how they do that contest in July. With everything going on but bet online is open 24 hours a day and it's all online so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code blue wire that's the promo code blue wire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus bet online your online wagering solution it's funny because we talked a little bit before we started recording, and I think I'm a little more optimistic about the schedule than you are, but we're going to break down the whole schedule here, uh, go week by week. But first, I think we're going to get just our initial thoughts when the schedule came out. I was, I was pretty optimistic about it. I know I've seen the stat based on last year's results, the third hardest schedule, yada, yada, yada. But a lot of these teams that were playing, Mason, completely different makeups. I mean, you've seen how much the Dolphins have changed in one off season. A lot of these teams um, are in very similar situations. One of those teams is the team we're playing week one, but I'm curious what you kind of think overall when you kind of went through the schedule the first time. So when I looked at the first time, the first thing that went through my mind was just overall fan disappointment. Uh, on social media, we posted today on Finna to Win it on Facebook, how many primetime games will the Dolphins get? We yeah. saw a variety of answers, mostly three, some two. I personally thought they'd get two primetime games, probably somewhere in the beginning of the year and then maybe towards the end of the year, probably hoping if Tua would be inserted as the starting quarterback. But I say disappointment just because when you look at the schedule for a fan perspective, there's only one primetime game. That's week three at Jacksonville Thursday night. That's probably one of the most blah primetime games you can be assigned. So when I got kind of past that initial reaction of eh, fans are going to be disappointed, I look at a few parts of the schedule and I say to myself, there is a tough road ahead. And to start off the year the way they are, and this is kind of what you alluded to, they start at New England, then they play home against Buffalo, a playoff Buffalo team from last year who's going to more than likely be at that capability or even higher. Then they're on the road at Jacksonville, which I just mentioned, and then a home game against Seattle at San Francisco at Denver. That yeah. is a tough start to the year. That is a big hill they're going to have to climb. I'm not going to disagree with you. I do think the Jacksonville Jaguars primetime game was a real buzzkill. <laughs> like, really? Oh, yeah. uh, I think when we asked the question, we were going through which games, how many games and which games are you hoping to see the Dolphins play in primetime? Not sure on there, Mason. I saw any Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Out of all Can these really games and all these matchups, I think Cincinnati was a big one thinking that people or that the networks were going to hope that it was going to be, you know, the Tua versus Burrow matchup. I don't know if that's going to come to fruition or not, but I don't think anyone was guessing week three Thursday night football, Miami heading to Jacksonville. 
<laughs> and I think that was literally the league throwing them that bone. Well, we got to give them one primetime game because if you look at the schedule and, you know, no offense to Jacksonville, but we know what team they are. We know what the team the Dolphins are too, basically. There's not another matchup that would be more just vanilla than at Jacksonville Thursday night, week three. And this really does show kind of what the league is seeing in Miami, what they're predicting this team's going to be like. They're predicting this team is going to kind of be similar to last year. They're not predicting Tua to be starting off at the beginning of the year. If they were predicting that, we would see a few more primetime games sprinkled in. But as of now, the one primetime game earlier in the season, there is, of course, a chance for the flex primetime games later on in the year. But right now, you know, Miami's going to have to use its strength of home field advantage in those one o'clock hot, humid games that they've yeah. that they're known for. They're going to need to use that as their strength. So there's the silver lining right there. I mean, I don't know about you, Mason, but I wasn't all that surprised to see that we only got one primetime. Yeah. I was a little bummed to see yeah. the matchup itself. But I was hoping for one primetime game. I was hoping it was going to be at least a Monday night football game. Thursday nights are a little bit of a eh, whatever. I mean, if it's a good matchup, then it's a little easier pill to swallow. But yeah, that kind of doesn't sit well with me. But I thought overall the schedule played out. It was it was it's a very unique schedule. Um, so let's go ahead and start out. I know you mentioned the kind of their first slate of games. They end the season last year with a big win on the road at New England, a game that New England really had to win to try to get that home field advantage. And the Dolphins came in and stole one from them, really screwed up their their playoff chances. They're going back to New England. And man, <laughs> Kyle Van Noy, um, those former Patriots, Ted Karras, they really aren't waiting long to have their homecoming back to New England, are they? <laughs> Getting it over no, with they're, quick. <laughs> no, they're not. And we, this is one of the games we talked before we started recording. I, I see it as a, a tough matchup. This is week one for Belichick era without Brady, he's going to have something to prove. I know there's been stupid reports out there how the Patriots are going to just pretty much try to tank so they can get lucky with a quarterback next year like a Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I have my fingers crossed when I said that. That would drive I me see this absolutely as- bonkers, yes, Mason. Can, if you, can you imagine if the Patriots, after you know the run that they had with Tom Brady, tank i know i don't want to get off on a tangent here but i'll go off on a little tangent if they tank and then bring in trevor lawrence to replace tom brady it's going to be just like when the a little different circumstances but when the colts you know perennial super bowl contenders every year with peyton manning he gets hurt they suck for an entire year bring in andrew luck i mean come on give me a break so if that happens i'm gonna be pissed sorry continue yeah let's not mention that again but yeah we want week one home game the Patriots are going to be obviously hungry they're going to be just showing they're going to have to prove something without Brady on that team I I agree getting them in week one is a lot better than getting them in week four or five but it is a tough way to start this season anytime you're on the road it's tough but week one at New England and going against a Belichick a Hall of Fame coach one of the greatest coaches ever who's going to really have something to prove this year that it's not just Brady who got them all those Super Bowl wins yeah, I mean, I'm not as scared of the Patriots. You know, I'm not saying you're scared, but I'm just not. I'm not afraid of them. What are they, What are they going to throw? Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer. That doesn't really scare me very much. Throwing him into the first game of the year, I'd rather get that game at New England out of the way early than have to go to New England later in the year like we had to last year. I like to avoid as much as possible going up north to the Jets, to the Patriots, to the Bills. Avoid going up north as much as possible when it gets to you know late December and January. But when you look at the Patriots matchup, I mean, we've split with the Patriots six out of the last seven years. So if, if you're going to pick a spot 
where you have to go to New England. We do every year. I'd like to get it out of the way the first game of the year when they have a new quarterback coming in. You don't know what kind of stability they're going to have at that position, the most important position on the field, and a defense that is greatly improved in the offseason. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go in and win the game, but I think we have a pretty damn good chance of it based on how things are playing out in the offseason. And you have all these former Patriots coming back for the Dolphins that are going to want to go in and you know make a statement. No, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I know, I know you are. And I like your optimism. It's getting me a little bit more optimistic. But like I said, just to start the year in that situation with who knows what our offensive line is going to look like. I know we're not going to really jump into particulars with depth chart for this episode. But, you know, we're going to be having probably we're going to be plugging in a lot of rookies, a lot of young guys in that offensive line and in that defense as well. A lot of new guys. It's it's going to be tough to start off on the road, in New England. The one I'm a little more concerned about is the Buffalo Bills. I think most people have the Bills as the favorite in the AFC sure. East going into this year. I do like that they start. Well, actually, no, I don't really. Um, but at least they get them at home. So they, you know, they start with the Patriots on the road. Week two, they come home for the Bills. That's a game that I'm a little more scared about based on how we've played against the Bills in the past. Two ugly games against them last year. They just got better on offense, um, bringing in Stephon Diggs. And then um, with what they did in the draft, we obviously addressed the secondary, bringing in Igbenagahe in the draft and then Byron Jones through free agency. So that's going to be a matchup to look out for is the Bills revamped passing game versus the Dolphins revamped secondary. Yeah, and one thing we forgot to mention was the NFL this year, all um, division teams play each other in week one. So that's already known. But for the Dolphins to open up back-to-back weeks to start the year against division opponents will be a statement for Brian Flores and company. They're going to have to go into these games knowing, hey, if we can get ahead of our division opponents quickly out of the gate, we're going to feel a lot better about the rest of our season. Week two against Buffalo, kind of going with what you said, though, Riley, um, where the weather does play a factor. Getting a Buffalo team like that to come down to Miami in September when it is hot and humid is definitely an advantage for us. I believe that is a 1 o'clock game as well. So we really need to use that to our advantage. The one matchup that I am concerned about is our offensive line versus that defense that finished in the top five in almost every statistical category last year. That Bills defense last year was pretty ruthless, and they added a lot of pieces to it. I mean, A.J. Empineza, who they brought in from Iowa, the defensive end, the edge rusher, um, he just took Austin Jackson to school in their matchup back in college. Um, so I am a little scared about our young offensive line. We'll see how it is pieced together during training camp going into the season. But I think most people fully expect Jackson to be at least the starting right tackle, probably the starting left tackle. So that is a little bit of a matchup that I am worried about. But yeah, um, this, is a, this is a big deal. Starting off with two divisional opponents, you're either going to get off on a great foot I think if they can come out of that week one with a win going into the Bills game, even if you split, that's a huge victory. If you can get one of those first two, that really, I think, is going to propel this team um, going forward into the season because I think their week three matchup, they're on a short week, but they are heading to Jacksonville, so not much of a road trip. They are playing the Jaguars, and it is our one primetime game, and I think this is, Mason, two teams that are really heading in 
different directions in terms of their franchise right now. I agree. And a little stat here that's interesting too. Miami has been abysmal on the road on Thursday night games. In the last three or four years, they're 0-4 and the scoring differential is, is huge. So they have really, really, really struggled on the road in these Thursday night games. It's the beginning of the season. So both teams are going to still have a lot of hope at this point of the season, even if Miami's 0-2 after the first two games. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a must-win game for them. And at the road in Jacksonville, and you got to think, whenever you're playing your state rivals, whether it's Tampa Bay or whether it's Jacksonville, there's going to be some support in that stadium. So even though it is a road game, it's not going to be 80-20 Jaguars fans. There's going to be a good amount of Dolphin fans there too. I don't think there's ever going to be 80-20 Jaguars fans, no matter who they're playing. Well, you know, you go back 20 years ago or so, I would disagree with that. But yeah, right now, 100%. Yeah, this is a game, if you're the Dolphins and you're you're trying to take your franchise, your team, in the direction, you're trying to um, propel yourself into the top tier of the AFC, this is a game that you cannot drop. you got to go in there Thursday night and you got to beat a Jaguars team that many are saying are in the running for Trevor Lawrence. They've uh, shipped off a lot of assets over the offseason, so... I think this this is, like you said, this is a must-win. I know it kind of sounds ridiculous to say this early in the year, but versus an opponent like the Jags, considering, and we're going to talk about this now, what they have coming up next <laughs> after the Jaguars game, you got to win this game because, Mason, this October is brutal. This is the one part of the schedule that I am very, very worried about. It is, Riley, and this is kind of where my optimism went out the window when just looking at this schedule. When you look at what happens from October all the way until November 8th, it's kind of strange in a way. You you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, how there's a lot of kind of quirky things to this schedule. Yeah. To play, to play six West Coast teams in a row is just kind of weird. You know, the Dolphins will usually take a West Coast road trip, play two or three teams, or maybe have two coming uh, to home. But to kind of bounce around from Seattle, San Francisco, Denver, Chargers, Rams, Arizona – that is really strange right there. But starting it off in October versus Seattle against a team with a proven quarterback and Russell Wilson, a solid foundation, a team that can really run the ball, that's going to be a really big test for our defense. That's a team that we played four years ago in Seattle, and we thought we had a chance to win that. But obviously, Russell Wilson thought otherwise. He's someone you can never count out. So October 4th is going to be a really, really big time for this team. How are they going to react in the next few weeks? Because it doesn't get any easier after Seattle. Yeah, I think when you look at the schedule here, this is the toughest. After the Jags game, the toughest back-to-back games that you have. Home versus Seattle, a team that just oozes consistency. I mean, when I think of the Seattle Seahawks, I think of consistency. They're not a team that really excels and does something amazing in one aspect, but across the board on offense, the running game, Russell Wilson in the passing game, he'll light you up some weeks with his arm, and then he can also beat you with his legs. So that's a team that can beat you in many ways, and we always know their defense struggled a little bit last year, but they brought in some new pieces through the draft this year. That's that's going to be a rough matchup and then have to go out to the NFC champion San Francisco 49ers who added a lot of pieces on offense as well through the draft. Um, that that's going to be a tough back-to-back stretch. I think for the Dolphins to make their mark, you're going to have to make your moves versus teams like the Broncos, who made a lot of moves bringing in Jerry Judy. Um, then you have the Chargers, who Tyrod Taylor's had a lot of success versus the Miami Dolphins, especially when he was with the Bills. But is Tyrod Taylor going to be the quarterback when we get to October 25th? I'm guessing no. 
I think it's going to be Justin Herbert's job at that point. So that'll be interesting. Justin Herbert coming into Miami, a quarterback that a lot of Dolphins fans thought we were going to end up with. But that's a very winnable game. And then the Rams. The Rams are a team, yes, they're still good. But, man, they shipped off a lot of assets, a lot of pieces because of their salary cap situation this year. So I think that's in this stretch here, that's where you kind of have to get those wins. Um, Seattle, San Francisco is going to be tough. But when you look at Denver, the two L.A. teams, and then Arizona, um, that's where I think they could at least squeak out a couple wins there to make something out of playing these West Coast teams. And then, Mason, you get to this really bizarre situation. Never Never, happened before either. Never in Miami's Dolphins history. They've played teams two out of three weeks before, but never back-to-back. And what do you know? It's our division rival, the New York (laughs) Jets. They play them at home November 15th, go on a bye, and then they head up to New York on November 29th. That's the same situation for both teams. The Jets have a bye as well. So there's no real advantage there. But I think from a Dolphins standpoint, it's a disadvantage to me because – one, we know the Jets. We, you know, there are division rivals. We, we have kind of a pretty good grasp, I think, of what kind of team they are in that unimaginative Adam Gase offense. <laughs> and, you know, when you play them and then you go on a bye, you're going to want to play a team that, like, I was hoping to see, like, the 49ers or a team like that or the Chiefs, a team that you really could use that bye to use to prep for them instead of playing the exact same team the next week after that. I think it's just kind of, you know, the buy is always good to get healthy, but in terms of preparation, it's really a waste of a buy there. Now I, I agree. It is very, very strange. We've never seen it in Miami Dolphins history to play a team twice in a row, even though, like you said, there's a buy in between there. We see that we see this more like the NBA when a team might play on a Tuesday and then have a few days off and then play again on a Friday, kind of do a home and away switch. So to see the Jets twice in a row, our bitter rivals, it is going to be kind of strange. But at the same time, if we are going to play a team twice, I kind of like that it is the Jets' worst offensive team last year in the league. They finished um, last in that. Defensively, they were kind of middle of the road. Uh, We saw, though, that – Xavier Howard had a lot of success against the Jets last year. I think he held them, uh, his receivers, he covered only five catches in two games, had an interception as well. So as you mentioned earlier, the Dolphins revamped secondary. It's going to have to do its job in those back-to-back games. The Dolphins are going to really have to take advantage of this because this schedule is very, very tough at points. When they play the Jets twice in a row, they really do need to count on those as two wins back-to-back. And then after that, Riley – We get actually, this is probably the biggest marquee game of the season for me. The fact that we didn't really have a home primetime game, but the first game in December, Cincinnati comes into town. And by this time in December, it is very likely, depending on how Miami season is going, depending on how Fitzpatrick is playing, and especially depending on the health of Tua. But there is a good chance that we could see for the first time a Tua versus Burrow matchup. And that got me really excited looking at the schedule. The fact that we can see two future franchise quarterbacks going at it. We don't know how Cincinnati season is going to be at this point. We don't want to assume Miami's going to be in a really tough spot. But if you're going with Vegas odds, if you're going with odds of the NFL and what the consensus is saying out there, Miami's going to be playing again for another top 10 pick. So this could be a really, really interesting game to watch against the Bengals. 
Yeah, it's a good point. I think, you know, the schedules have probably been set for a while now, but I think the NFL looked at this as like, wow, this really worked out perfectly, you know, to have the Bengals and Dolphins playing later in the season, considering the Dolphins quarterback situation. Now, I'm a believer that Fitzpatrick, barring an injury, is going to be your quarterback through the uh, course of the year. Unless his play, and we know Fitzpatrick is well known for this, um, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. So if Flores is willing to stick with him, I think he's going to be your quarterback. But if I see a move being made here, Mason, I think it's going to be after the bye. I know they're going on the road to the Jets, but based on how they play versus the Jets at home, I think that's where you could kind of see Tua getting that bye week, getting his legs under him, and then coming and playing the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, Riley, because once you play a team once, you're going to have, obviously, an even better scouting report. And it is later in the season, so we're going to get a really good idea of what this Jets team is by the time we play them in November. But if things are going awry or if Fitzpatrick is not playing well and Tua is healthy, if we need to insert Tua during the year, I would probably be comfortable with playing at New York the next week after a bye. It's a good time of year, like you said, and also he gets an extra week to prepare for a team they actually just played the week before. Yeah, so that that Bengals matchup is a very intriguing matchup. Um, They had (laughs) an interesting game, to say the least, um, last season in the Burrow Burrow Bowl, many called it. But but after that, Mason, it gets a little tougher again. The Dolphins are playing both teams that appeared in the Super Bowl, but at least they get the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, at home. They do, and this is kind of in their home stretch. You know, the week before they play Cincinnati, then they play Kansas City, and then they play New England. So that's three home games in a row. Yeah, that's pretty rare. It is. Just Yeah, there's a lot of rare things about this schedule this year. But playing the Chiefs, of course, whether it's home or whether it's away or even at a neutral site, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, Talking about the Super Bowl champs, we're talking about a team that is set up perfectly for next year. There's not many faults with them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, this late in the season, there are a lot of injuries. I'm knocking on wood and crossing my fingers right now, but we know as Dolphin fans – We usually are dealt a blow or two every year, especially on the offensive line. So hopefully with the way Miami drafted and how their free agency went, when they play these teams like the Chiefs or the Bengals or the Jets late in the year, they're going to have some depth to both sides of the ball. It'll be interesting to see how our linebacking core and some of our slot cornerbacks are going to be able to handle these tight ends because we're playing the best in the league. You know, We get Kittle earlier in the season with San Francisco, and then here we get Travis Kelsey. I know a lot of people are talking about our secondary on the outside with Howard and Jones, but it's going to be interesting to see how we handle tight ends, and this is going to be the ultimate test here versus the Chiefs. I do think another underrated pick was um, for the Chiefs was running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I was hoping that the Miami Dolphins would be targeting, but he ends up with the Chiefs, a position that they really needed going into the season um, to bulk up some depth at that position. So that offense only got better, <laughs> Mason. In the offseason. So it's it's a tall task, I think. And they play the New England Patriots week 15, December 20th, 1 o'clock on CBS. That's a game that I'm targeting. Like I said earlier in the segment, six out of the last seven years, they've split with the Patriots. I think this is a game that you can circle and be like, we have a great chance to win this game, depending on how the Patriots quarterback situation plays out. But the Dolphins always play the Patriots well at home. Well, besides last year. But no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. In theory, you're right. Miami is known to split with their divisional opponents normally, especially New England. And this is going to be a game December 20th. I will say one thing that I don't like about playing the Patriots 
around this time at home. Snowbirds. They flock to Miami this time of year, and it doesn't help them out. Like earlier in this earlier in the season when we played Buffalo at home, I like that for many reasons. I know we have to go Buffalo to, to Buffalo the last week of the season, but it's nice to play the Bills when there's not as many Bills fans in South Florida, in Miami. When you play the Patriots in December, there's going to be a ton of fans from the Northeast, and that's just once again – one thing that more we're going to have to worry about in this matchup. And then, Riley, after that, we come to our um, trip we're going to take to Vegas, right? <laughs> I'm down if you're down, man. But, Mason, I look at this game, and I think it's a really winnable game for the Dolphins. This Raiders team just does not – just doesn't impress me that much. I mean, they came out of the gates hot last year, but they ended up losing five out of their last six. And I look at their offense. I know they brought in – Henry Ruggs with their first-round pick. They have Zay Jones. They brought in Nelson Aguilar. But they just don't have a lot of playmakers. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a beast. But other than him, not many playmakers on this team. Not a lot of guys that scare me. I think the key is going to be winning the battle in the trenches. They have a very solid offensive line, especially when it comes to pass blocking. So as long as the defensive line can hold their own, stop the running game, and get pressure on the quarterback – I think that secondary is going to eat them up. Yeah, Riley, I agree with that 100%. This is, I believe, year three of the Gruden era. And one thing he has done a solid job with is building a solid offensive line for Derek Carr, if he'll be the quarterback this late in the season. But last year, he was only sacked 29 times. I mean, if you think back to the Dolphins offensive line last year, I think Fitzpatrick and Rosen were sacked 29 times, maybe by like week five or six. (laughs) So the Raiders have added a lot of depth, especially at receiver, getting rugs, but also adding a veteran and Nelson Aguilar. It will be interesting to see what kind of Raiders team the Dolphins will be visiting that late in the season. But as you mentioned, I do expect this to be a tight game. Don't know if it's necessarily a win, but it's definitely a winnable road game. And when you can say winnable road game in the NFL, that makes you feel good. Yeah, so they head to Las Vegas, and then they wrap up the season on the road again. So two on the road. They head to Buffalo to face off with the Bills. I think this is a spoiler type of game, Mason. I think most people are expecting the Bills to take that next step. They finished 10-6, and were a wild card team last year. But this is a chance for the Dolphins to do to the Bills what they did to the Patriots last year. I know it's going to be a tough environment, a tough situation going into Buffalo in January. But, you know, they did it last year versus New England. Why can't they do it versus Buffalo? That's the spirit, Riley. Why can't they do it against Buffalo? But you know what? The Dolphins, even though over the years and the decades, they've struggled at Buffalo, especially in the cold winter months. They have had success there a few years ago when Matt Moore went in there. Jay Ajay had over 200 yards. The Dolphins won essentially and clinched a playoff berth that uh, that year, which is crazy to think that they went to the playoffs recently. But, you know, so it is possible. But to end the year in Buffalo, whoo. You can't be too that can't be too high on your optimism radar. Or you can't circle that as a as a win right now. But so many things happen during the season. It's so hard to just assume what the identity of each team is going to be. But just speculating and looking at the schedule, January third at Buffalo. Buffalo might be playing for their way into the playoffs. You never know what Miami is going to be playing for. It's going to be a tough situation. I will say that the way that. Chris Greer and Brian Flores are building this team. They're going to match up much better versus Buffalo than this team has done in the past. 
building in the trenches, getting guys that are physical, aggressive, and have that nasty mentality, I feel like they're going to be able to match up with the Buffalo Bills, who have really pushed the Dolphins around in recent years, especially on the lines. They're going to be able to hang with them better. So I think in terms of the philosophy that Brian Flores is trying to instill in his team is going to give them a better chance to win against a Bills team that is probably going to be the cream of the crop in terms of the AFC East. You know, the Patriots are still obviously there, but I'm not as optimistic about the Patriots with that quarterback position being the way it is. We'll see if they address it before the season. But right now, I mean, based off of them not addressing it in the draft, it looks like as of now, they're going with Stidham and Hoyer. So I like my chances if those are their two quarterbacks. The Bills are the team to beat, and we're going to have a chance to wrap up the year with a big win in Buffalo. But Mason, as we wrap up this schedule breakdown, I said it in the beginning, I'm pretty optimistic. There are a few brutal stretches in this schedule, but I mean, that's to be expected, right? In an NFL schedule, you're not going to get cupcakes every week, especially if you're a team like Miami that's trying to build and get to the top of the mountain. I agree, Riley, but those few brutal stretches are going to make or break the season. And unfortunately for Miami, one of them comes at the beginning of the year. We talked about that, the October Um, Hopefully for the Halloween theme for October, it's more of a treat than a trick, but there's going to be a lot of big matchups in that month. And then we look at what the Dolphins have to do later on in the year. Even though they have three home games in a row, they're not against easy opponents with Kansas City and New England back to back. But this is just an awesome time of year. I love after the draft how a week or two passes. You know, things kind of get boring in the NFL landscape and then bam, you're thrown the schedule. You can start to speculate. You can start to look and see what interests you, what game is going to be most exciting to watch. And then we start to get into offseason training camps, things like that. So the NFL is truly a 12 month season because of all these things happening. And I'm just really excited to speculate on what's going to happen with the season. Yeah, it's speculation season, Mason. So I want to hear from Dolphins fans. What do you guys think? about the 2020 Miami Dolphins schedule. Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Let us know at Finit to Win It. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Interact with us there. Give us your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins 2020 schedule. I think we can all agree on one thing, that it's a very unique and it's going to be an exciting schedule with those West Coast teams that we talked about earlier, the weird back-to-back versus the Jets, and then ending on the road in Vegas and the Bills, first time the Dolphins have had to do it since 2008, and that turned out to be a pretty good year for the Miami Dolphins, so maybe that's a good omen. But let us know, at Finit to Win It, Facebook and Twitter. For Mason, I'm Riley. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend, everyone. Fins up. All right, everyone, thanks for listening to today's show. And before we wrap up, I want to recognize one of our sponsors for today's episode, Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com today. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician, it's free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com 
and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. At CVS Health Hub, you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab what you need all in one trip, even on evenings and weekends. That's healthier made easier. Visit a CVS Health Hub today. Services vary by location. See cvs.com slash health hub for details.